Welcome to our weekly Church on the Rock podcast. For more information, visit us at churchak.org, download our Church on the Rock AK app, or like us on our Facebook page. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy our weekly podcast. Well, excited about today. Um, we're going to be wrapping up Judges here, our series called Unfinished Business. And uh, there was some business that was unfinished with Samson. That's who we're talking about today. Samson, what a life, what a life lived, and what a death. Amen? Yeah, we're going to look at that. So get ready. Get ready. There's a lot in there. Um, <clears throat> I think there's a verse that just kind of describes Samson. Though a man, though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. Sounds like Samson, he just kept blowing it, but he kept rising again somehow. So in this final week, we're going to actually look at more or less uh, chapter 16 towards the end of Samson's life. It's kind of nice that we get to jump to the end of the story. We don't have to read the whole story, although I would encourage you to go back through Judges and read about Samson. You'll get a lot out of it. But we're going to jump to the end and uh, see what happened here. Now, Samson was probably one of the most frustrating characters in the Bible, uh, this guy, was, he was just given so much by God. And from birth, Samson was actually called by God. He was uh, set apart, you call a Nazarite, and it had certain restrictions. You can read about those. I'm not going to go into all those. But he was empowered by God with this supernatural strength to fulfill the call of God upon his life, which was to help deliver the Israelites from their... Uh, the oppression of the enemy, their enemies, which was the Philistines. Now, even though he was given uh, tremendous power and he had this divine call on his life, like, well, so many of us do, he messed up again and again and again and again and again and again. Now, here's an incredibly strong man with a dangerously weak will. Again and again, he would break his vows to God. He would chase after the wrong women. <clears throat> he would touch things he wasn't supposed to touch. He would drink things he wasn't supposed to drink. And he got a really bad haircut when he wasn't supposed to get one. Not a good plan. Well, that's kind of what happened. Samson was obviously emotional driven. He was emotion driven, but not spirit led. Boy, that's so important. You know, there's nothing wrong with your flesh. Your flesh is good. A lot of things we hear about flesh, oh, that's bad. No, God created the flesh. But our flesh not always wants to submit to the Holy Spirit. That's where we get in trouble. We need our flesh to obey the Holy Spirit. <laughs> then things go well. But that is something that you have to learn. You can walk in the Spirit 24-7. You can. You can walk in the Spirit 24-7. You can. You have that in your will to make that choice daily. Well, Samson wasn't real good at that. Apparently, uh, he, he would uh, had a problem like so many of us do. Our emotions get out of control and we end up being driven by our emotions rather than being led by the Spirit. And so he was reacting, and that's often what we do. We react out of our emotions rather than respond out of the Spirit. Now, Samson really, really is a great lesson for humanity. It's a great lesson. We don't often ruin our lives all at once. Why We just don't get out of bed one morning and say, you know what, today I think I'm just going to turn my life into a dumpster fire. I'm just going to just totally destroy it. No, usually what we do is we take one step 
compromise. And we take another step and we move into another step. Pretty soon we have gone down this road so far, we don't know how we even got there, but we usually do it one step at a time, kind of like what Samson did, one step at a time. Today I'm going to address steps because often we're taking steps in the wrong direction and we need to be taking steps in the correct and right direction. So we're going to look at that a little bit today, find out uh, from Samson how we can do better, okay? Now, Samson was given so much, yet after uh, one failure at a time, one step at a time, he finally blew it in a big way. And we're, again, we're going to jump in at the end of his life here, where he's supposed to be delivering his people, but instead, he's a prisoner. His eyes have been gouged out. He is bound, and he's grinding at a mill. Now, most commentaries would say that uh, the Philistines would have burned his eyes first, and then they dug out what was left. I know that sounds brutal, but the Philistines were very brutal people. So here he is, he's shackled, and he's grinding at a mill. He was actually uh, fastened to a wooden grind, uh, and he would have been doing what an animal, like an ox, would have been doing day after day after day. Isn't it true that sin blinds and sin binds and sin grinds? Any amens in the house? Yeah. So he, he's pushing this thing in a circle every day. and People are mocking him, and they're, they're throwing stuff at him. They're calling him names. They're making fun of him. He was now a public spectacle. It, it just doesn't get any lower than that. And that's where Samson was. And that is what hell would like to do to every person on this planet if he had opportunity to do that. He would like to degrade you, demoralize you, and make you a public spectacle. So he did with Samson. Comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Yeah. And so, what do you do when you realize you've blown it? What do you do when you realize you've wasted your years that God has given you? What do you do when you, when you feel like you've wasted your gifts that God has given you? you? You've done some things that you just can't undo. That's the problem. Has anybody ever done things you can't undo? Oh, we all have. You're just like, oh, wish I hadn't done that. You're, maybe you're embarrassed by your actions. Maybe you've hurt people you love. Uh, you didn't do what God created you to do. Samson had blown it in relationships. He had disappointed his parents. He disappointed his people he was called to deliver. He let God down. He let a lot of people down. Have you ever been there? Have you ever done that? Maybe you're there now, right now today. Maybe that's where you're at. You feel like you've made some really big mistakes. You've let a lot of people down. Maybe you've let your spouse down or your family down or let a lot of people down that believed in you. And uh, you, you, the problem with that, it just leaves tremendous guilt. Samson uh, did not accomplish what he set out to do in the very beginning. He didn't measure up to the expectations of God or the people around him, even himself. He let himself down. Boy, that can be tough, let yourself down. So he has no respect for, from anyone at this point. His failure is so severe that he probably thought he could never recover from it. He, maybe, maybe you're here today and maybe that's how you feel. Maybe you feel like, man, I just, I don't know if there's any hope for me. You know, I, I'm just going to have to, this is, this is what it is. This is my, my lot in life. Maybe you feel that way. Maybe you've blown it so bad that you feel like there's no chance for your own recovery. Failure and regret can, can leave a lot of pain. 
Some of the toughest pain that we deal with is just that right there. You know, I wish I could have, I, I should have, why didn't I? And, oh man, we've hurt the ones we love, I regret it. Oh, thank God for the power of forgiveness and do-overs. Thank God for that. You, you know, if, you, if you're feeling like a failure because maybe you're stuck in a job, you wish you'd never, you just don't know how it ended up that way, but that's where you're at and you feel defeated. Maybe you're here today and you, there's a lot of reasons why we can live in failure. People feel like they find themselves alone because they didn't value the relationships that they had and now they're kind of just living life with tremendous regret. P parents um, maybe live with regret because they didn't prioritize their walk with God while their children were growing up, and now, now their children are grown up, and they're not prioritizing God either, and, and you feel like, I just wish I could go back and do it over. I, I really screwed this one up. Look, we've all made mistakes. We all have those lingering regrets, which could have been a better example. We have personal standards we feel like we didn't live up to, and now we feel like a failure, and, and we more, it's, maybe it's more internal, and that could be tough because it just eats away. It eats us up. Well, we need to glean some things from Samson's story here because there's a principle that this is the first one is just because you failed at something does not mean you're a failure. This is the first point I want to get across today, and we need to get this. A failure is an event. It's never a person. A failure is an event, and it's never a person. You see that in Samson's life, a guy who failed over and over again when it looks like you fell way too much for God to even look his way, let alone love him or use him again or do anything in him again. We watch and see what happens. God shows up, and he still accomplishes his, person in Samson, uh, his purpose in Samson's life, who repeatedly couldn't get it right. So the good news is, just because you're down... You ain't out. Maybe you failed at something and you need to understand something today. You're not a failure because failure, it's going to be an event that may happen, but it, you're not a failure. Look at the story as it unfolds here in Judges chapter 16, verses 23. Now the rulers of the Philistines assembled to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their god, and to celebrate, saying, Our god has delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hands. So here it is. They're, they're, the place that they're gathering would be as what they would call their temple, which is probably more like a coliseum in, in a sense, because it was a huge open area, and it had layers upon layers of seating going up, and this gathering would have been anywhere from probably 3,000 to 5,000 people. It's a lot of people. And they're worshiping Dagon, which is uh, a god of the harvest. And Dagon was an image that had a man head and a fish body. Pretty, pretty bizarre, isn't it? Um, so what they're doing is they're going, oh, man, fish god. We thank you for delivering Samson into our hands. And they're making sacrifices to the great and mighty old man fish god. It's amazing how low and de degraded a society can become without God. A man fish God. That's the best you could do? Well, Judges verses 24, let's continue. It says, when the people saw him, they praised their God, saying, Oh, God has delivered our enemy into our hands. And the one who laid waste to our land and multiplied our slain. Laid waste to our land. What do they mean by that? Could they be referring back to when Samson caught a whole bunch of foxes and he tied 150 of them together and lit their tails on fire and cut them loose and they burned up all their land and their crops? 
That's a pretty clever thing. Samson had some tricks up his sleeves. It says, multiplied our slain. Could that, could that be the event they're referring to when Samson took the jawbone of a donkey, donkey and, he, and he slaughtered thousand Philistines with a jawbone? <laughs> could be. They didn't like this guy. Well, verse 25, let's continue. It says, while they were in high spirits, they shouted, bring out Samson to entertain us. So they called Samson out of prison and he performed for them. Boy, it doesn't get lower than that, does it? He's absolutely and completely shamed and ridiculed in front of God's enemies. That's, that's, he's just failed massively. A couple of responses to failures in our own life. You could probably relate for this. The first one is remorse. You ever experienced remorse? Sure you have. Remorse is not a good thing. Feel bad about something. You know, it's a, the, the problem with remorse is it goes inward. Oh, I'm a horrible person. I'm no good. I'm the worst person ever lived. I have no future. I have no hope. I hate my life. I hate myself. Remorse is tough. Remorse can go that way. Or remorse can be turned outward where we play the victim. Oh, it's your fault. It's everybody's fault. Oh, the world's against me. Everybody's messing up and everybody makes my life miserable and, and they just can't get it right. And, you know, it's kind of like Delilah, right? Huh? Oh, Delilah, is that that woman? If she would have just, she just came up with me with all this stuff and the pressure and nagging me and manipulating me. Oh, Samson, tell me the secret of your strength, please, Samson. Oh, you don't love me anymore, Samson. If you love me, you would tell me. Oh, she drove me nuts. Her fault. Yeah, right. Remorse is, remorse is a real deal. I, I, I'm a loser, I'm no good, or it's somebody else's fault. But there is a better response. There's a God response, and it's a productive response, and it's called repentance. It's much better. Repentance says, I own it. I blew it. It's my fault. I'll put on my big boy pants, and I'll own this thing. I'll take responsibility. Repentance, see, it goes deeper, it's, and it's actionable. It says, hey, man, I, I didn't do what God entrusted me to do, and I'm, I'm going to turn away from that which I did wrong, and I'm going to turn towards that which is right, and that's what repentance is. It's, it's no longer taking steps in the wrong direction, but it's now I'm choosing to take some steps in the correct direction. Now, most people, again, don't ruin their lives all at once. It's one step at a time. And so you stop where you're at. You're saying, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm taking steps in the different, in the opposite direction. See, that was Samson's pattern. He kept taking steps in the wrong direction. So if you're going in the wrong direction today, God is here talking to you by his word saying it's time for repentance to turn, to turn away. Let me tell you, I would rather be one step away from hell moving in the opposite direction than 10,000 miles away walking towards that pit. Amen? Repentance will take you away from that place to a place that's hope-filled, full of God adventure. Repentance turns from the lower to that which is higher. Re means turn. Pent means highest. In other words, I'm not taking the low road anymore. I'm taking the high road. There's a high road God's calling me to walk. Amen? And that's where I'm going. It's a high call. And it's not just I feel bad about what I did. No, there's the weight of God on your life. And you, it's in your guts, man. And you're just like, oh, I can't believe I did this to my Savior who gave everything for me. I can't believe I actually did that. What was I thinking? 
God, I'm sorry. You feel it. It's the Holy Spirit wait on you going, turn, turn. Turn away from that which will destroy you. See, because here's the problem. We can't undo, or put it this way, we're capable of doing things that we can't undo. That's, that's the problem. You ever, like, talk about, let's talk about group text for a second, since everybody's in the texting. I heard about this guy who texted something to his wife. It was only meant for her. <laughs> he pushed the wrong, and it went to, like, 14 people. Horrified. <gasps> you know? And then you get that phone call. Do you realize you just sent that to 14 people? <laughs> oh, my gosh. The guy, I wish I could somehow vaporize their phones, right? Before they read the text, but it's too late. It's done. You can't undo it. You wish you could grab it and do something. You can't undo it. It's like, it's like you say something you wish you hadn't said, but the tube's already been squeezed and the toothpaste came out. And you can't shove it back in. You ever been there? You can't undo some things. It's sobering realization that you can't unsee something that maybe you looked at or you can't unsleep with that person that you slept with. But this is what you can do. You can repent. There's always a way with God you can repent. I'm not referring with, I'm sorry I got caught. No, I'm talking about deep repentance. I'm talking about something the Holy Spirit's dealing with, right? But you can't undeal, undo the bad deal that you did, but you can repent. You can't unsay something that you said, but you can repent. You, you, you can't um, uh, unlook at something you looked at, but you can repent. You can't unsend, but you can repent. You can repent. This is God's mercy at work in repentance. It's the goodness of God, the Bible says, that leads us to repentance. Mercy is, mercy is getting what you don't deserve. A second chance. That's the good part about mercy. Well, the enemy made a public spectacle of Samson. He stripped him of his dignity. There's an example in the Gospel of Luke. I, I love this uh, passage, it gives me great hope for people. Because there was a man, he was known as the demoniac, and he lived among the tombs. And they tried to shackle him, but he would break the shackles off. He was possessed by demons, and he was living like a wild animal. Nobody could go around him. And, and it was, he was a public spectacle. He was completely and utterly demoralized. And out of his mind, at one point, though, this man had to be in his right mind. He probably had a family, lived in the community, was part of the community, had a job, was, was a, a productive member of society, had some dignity, had gifts, had abilities, had friends, but somehow was torn from society, was completely stripped of his dignity. He was tormented and degraded and living like an animal and was demoralized and a public spectacle. And it probably didn't happen in one, all, one action. It was probably one step at a time until he found himself where he's at. And he felt like he had no way out. But Jesus showed up. You see, that man is a picture of something that hell would want to do to every person in this room if he could. To strip you of your gifts, your talents, your ability, your dignity, the life of God in you, your purpose, your relationships, and take you to a place where you're just a public spectacle, you're demoralized, and you got nothing. 
but Jesus showed up. And when Jesus got out of the boat and he stepped on the shoreline, the demoniac ran towards him and threw himself at his feet. What was he doing? It's called repentance. And repentance will always take you to Jesus. And when you go to Jesus, you're always going to find restoration because Jesus did a miracle. He, he, show, he, he, he impacted this life. He restored his dignity. He was clothed and put in his right mind back into his community and became an evangelist full of purpose. That's what God does. That's what God does. You know, you were created with honor to glorify God with your life, to reach your potential in him. You were given gifts and talents and abilities and creativity to impact this life for God through who he created you to be. Don't let the enemy lure you one step at a time to strip you of all that, to make you a public spectacle, just like where Samson's at. That's the pathway he would like you to take. But when you run to Jesus, when there's repentance, it takes you to the feet of Jesus, and there's something powerful and transformative that will happen in that place. You don't have to live under remorse like, oh, I wish I could have, or I should have, or I wish I did, or it was their fault, or that's the way. It, it, all that is not even an issue. It's just, it's just Jesus, I own it, and only you can transform my life. I can't undo all that stuff, but Jesus, I'm repenting, and you can make life different for me. That's what he does. That's what repentance does. Repentance says, man, I, I'm, I'm not going to let let what I did stop me from what God is going to do in my life or could do in my life or the possibilities of God. I'm turning away from that which is sin towards my God. Can't change my past, but you know what? I will no longer be defined by it. I choose to change the future from this day forward with every step I take in the right direction. We all have that opportunity. So don't internalize. Don't fall into the remorse. You're not what you did. You're who God says you are. Amen? You're going to take your identity from God this morning, or are you going to listen to hell? Let's look at Samson. He goes on to say in verse 25 and 26, it says, when they stood him among the pillars, Samson said to the servants who held him his hand, they said, put, put, put me where I can feel the pillars that support the temple so that I may lean against them. Now he's in the temple, he's in this Colosseum, right? And he's standing there and he's giant supporting pillars and he's between them and he's got his hands on them. And it goes on to say in verse 27, it says, Now the temple was crowded with men and women. All the rulers of the Philistines were there. And on the roof were about 3,000 men and women watching Samson perform. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me. Please, God, strengthen me just one more time. This is an amazing moment. One more time. I've blown it a thousand times. God, I don't need a thousand more times. I just need one more chance that you could be great through my life, that your name could be made great. I'm going back to my original call. All I need from you, God, is just one more chance. Can I find it in your mercy, God, for your strength to come upon me one more time? Something happened. Samson was broken. He was a broken man at this point. Let me tell you, brokenness is a beautiful place where your life is just being poured out at the feet of Jesus. It was no longer about him. Now it's going to be about God. 
He steps across this spiritual line in his life. It's like he stepped across at something for the first time, and he's saying, Lord, now it's no longer going to be about me. It's always been about me, but I'm stepping across something here because for Samson, his life was full of these narcissistic tendencies, and finally he says, I'm done with that. God, I'm surrendering, and he makes that step. And he says, God, I'll give it all to you if you give me all that you have. Because that's all that God had been doing all along. And so he steps across the line, and he's no longer going to be the main character in the story. Now God, God's going to be the main character of the story. And, and he's going to use everything that's left in his fiber of his body for the glory of God. It's a powerful moment. You know, I've known a couple people in the past, a long time ago, a couple couple different individuals, different times, different seasons, different places. They come to Christ, they serve him for a while, and God began to really deal with them. What had happened is they, they had stole something from their previous employer or something like that, and they felt like, now this isn't for every situation or every individual. God deals with people differently according to what he's doing in their life and their hearts. And they felt like they needed to go back and confess and pay restitution, and they did. It was powerful. It was like, it was like they, were, they were convicted and they said, no, I'm stepping across a line here and I want people to know that by my fruits, I am truly repentive and I am a different person from this day forward. And that's kind of like what happened in Samson's life. It's like he stepped across some threshold and he said, this is different, never the same. Trust in you, God. And he's at his lowest point. Massive public humiliation. Nobody believes in this guy anymore, but he's having this internal, private moment with God. Have you ever had those moments where it's just you and God? Oh, my friends, we need to have many of those where we're saying, God, it's me and you. Let's talk. That's where he's at. One more time, God, your strength, please for the goodness and the glory of God. See, when you're down, you ain't out. This is my last point. Even in our failures, God can still accomplish his purposes. Romans chapter 8 even says that we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and call them according to his purpose. This is the good news. Even in our absolute failures, at that point of surrender, God can always accomplish his good purpose. What was God's purpose in Samson's life? Well, he was supposed to be the deliverer of Israel from the hands of the Philistines. Judges 16, verse 29 through 30 says, then Samson reached towards the two central pillars of which the temple stood, bracing himself against them, his right hand on one and his left hand on the other. Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And then he pushed with all his might and down came the temple on the rulers and all the people in it. Thus he killed many more when he died than when he lived. Did you get that? He killed many more. He did his, most, his greatest work for God when he died than when he lived his whole life. It's powerful. You see, you're, if you're not dead, you're not done. You're still breathing. God's going to do something. You're still looking to Jesus. He's there. There's more. Don't live in remorse. Don't go there. Run to, run to Jesus with your acts of repentance. Go to him. 
go to him. You might be sitting here going, man, I never, I wish I would have, or I could have, and I wish I hadn't have, and my finances are a mess, or this or that, or you know what? You got to leave that alone. You're better than all that. Look, if you're a Christian, you got the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. If he can raise Jesus from the dead, he can certainly lift you out of your circumstances. You might be down, but don't quit. If you're thinking, well, I messed up so bad, you know, all the stuff I did. Guess what? That makes God's story even better. Look what God brought you out of. His story is coming alive. Beautiful. You might be thinking, well, for years I just lied, or for years I was addicted. And, you know, for years I was consumed with pornography, or I spent so many years just angry, angry, angry at the world. But now, look how much better God looks right now when everybody sees that God took you out of darkness and set you in light. God isn't finished with you yet. Still breathing? He's not done. For some of you, man, it's time to push down some pillars. It's time you're standing there and those pillars have been haunting you, and it's time to say, that's it. You're coming down. And it's time to push some things down. What pillars do you need to push down, and how are you going to do it? This is important. For some of you, it's pushing down the pillars of pride by admitting, I need help. I'm alone. I, I've messed up. I'm afraid. I feel like a failure, and I need to talk. I need to, I need to do something. For some, maybe it's I've been addicted. I've been lying. I'm not exactly who I said I was. I need to push down the pillar of pride and get some help. I need to push it down. I need to deal with my anger. I've been angry at everybody, angry at the world, but the fact is I've been angry at myself. And it's time to push the pillars down. Some have been living in rejection so long, been sabotaged relationship after relationship, pushing people away and saying, you know what? It's, I'm done. The pillars are coming down. It's time to make some changes. That's where the rubber meets the road. It's like, I just can't say I want to be different and not do anything. I'm talking about actually taking steps in the right direction. Because if you don't take the steps you're called to take, then get ready for the same old, same old. Amen? Come on now. We gotta, the Bible has teeth. And it will challenge you to take steps forward with conviction. Oh, I pray the weight of God is on your life if you're in that place. And you say, okay, I'm taking steps. For you, maybe it means getting involved in a group, a life group, a small group, getting, start serving somewhere. You go to the app, like I said, you press on groups, you find one, you sign up, marriage group, recovery group, Bible group, whatever group, but you need to take the step. And I would challenge you to take that seriously. If you're a group leader out there, and you want people in your group, then ask God who you should shoulder tap and talk to because you might save their life. You could be the changing agent in their life, putting that thumb in their back, say, come on, be a part of our, come to our house. Let's grow together. We'll help you. We'll encourage you. You look down. Come on, right? That's what we're here. Some need to take these steps. And there's avenues and steps and places you can go and things you can do to get better. But steps need to be taken. Maybe for you, it's just time to get honest. Maybe you got to call Set Free Alaska. Say, I need help, man. I've been addicted. Maybe it's, I need Rahab. Maybe it's a marriage group. Maybe it's, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're, you're somebody who just, maybe you just come to church whenever you want. Ah, I might make it once a month or once every couple of months. I don't know. You know, that's not helping you. 
You know how gracious God is? If you commit to being in church every Sunday, you know what's going to happen? It's going to bring a greater dimension of freedom to your life. That's how amazing God is. It's that discipline and being, choosing to be in the atmosphere of worship and under the ministry of the word and connecting with the body of Christ, that your body, the body he's made for you. Church is for you. And today the Lord is saying it's time to step up. It's time to take the steps and get serious. Push some pillars down. Big commitment. Maybe God's speaking to you about your family commitment and prioritizing your kids and your relationship with the Lord because you don't want to have regrets. He's saying, today, it's time to take some steps. You're saying, man, you're getting all up in my living room. I know. That's what, I'm, that's what I do. I'm supposed to do that. I said, Lord, I'm, you know, I'll take the hits. I'm fine. I'll go. I'm not going to live with regret. I'm going to tell you what the Holy Spirit's saying. Maybe, maybe you have a call in your life for ministry, and you have not said yes to God because you're afraid. And God said, you need to push that pillar down and take the plunge and join the mission. Mm. Maybe your life has just been full of compromise. You got one foot here and one foot with God and one foot and you're torn and you got divided loyalties and God has been speaking to you and he's saying, today, I want you to get serious about God. And today, you're going to get serious about God. You're going to dive in. You're going to take steps you've never taken. You're going to make commitments you've never made. And you're saying, I am no longer going to live in that divided place. I am coming down hard on the side of Jesus. Mm, it's a beautiful place to live. God's speaking to people. I'm telling you, there's pillars that need to come down. And it's called surrender. Though the righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. You can make the changes. I need the worship team to come out. You can make the changes. You can do it. You've got the resurrection power of God inside you. Don't give up. Live that surrendered life. I'm not talking about white-knuckling behavior modifications. I'm talking about running to the feet of Jesus and surrender. Surrender. And enjoy his strength that comes upon you in your weakness. And allow him to change you from the inside out. You know, Samson did what was right. God told him what to do. He pushed down the pillars. He died. He's a hero. And it says he accomplished more in his death than he did his whole life. Samson gave his life one time, but Bible, Jesus, he says, I want you to give your life daily. Throw down yourself, pick up my cross, follow me. It says in that you will accomplish more in that one act than you'll ever imagine. Amen? It's the life of surrender. Running to Jesus and surrendering. Christ in me, the hope of glory. His life flowing through me. There's a quote. I love this quote. The world has yet to see what God can do through one life wholly surrendered unto him. Let's stand together. Powerful Jesus. Mighty God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word, Lord. Aren't you grateful for his word? God's word is beautiful, isn't it? The stories that he has laid before us, these lives to set examples for us, he says, glean from them, learn from them. Whenever you open the scriptures, you will always find hope. Hope for your tomorrow. Strength for your tomorrow. Strength for your struggles. Steps need to be taken for some this morning to move out of your struggle, to move out of whatever has been plaguing you and to move into your future. Is it joining a, a small group or 
getting serious about something, getting into a place of accountability, whatever it may be. Don't procrastinate. Don't put it off. Procrastination never helped anyone. Never did. You got to be decisive. God calls his people to be decisive. To be willing to stand up and say, you know what? I'll own it. I'll take responsibility for my actions. But God, I am surrendering my life to you and I'm going to follow you and I am going to win this fight. I'm going to finish well. I'm not going to mess around anymore. I'm not going to shuck and jive. I'm not going to, no way. I'm, I'm focused. Mm-hmm. It's time. For some, it's real time. There's pillars you've got to push down. I mean, they've been haunting you. They got you hemmed in. You feel surrounded. It's time. Let bow our heads for a moment here. Despite the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we just invite you. Lord, I believe you're speaking to people today. God, you love your kids. You love your children so much. You will not hold back. You are beckoning, calling, and wooing people to a greater purpose, to great steps, to a life, Lord, that's filled with God, purpose, and destiny. There's gifts out here in the lives of people that have been lying dormant because we have not taken steps. And you want those released for the kingdom of God, for the glory of God, that your name could be made great. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit, we need you. Speak to people. Speak to hearts, God. Let the weight of God be upon this place. If you're here today and maybe you haven't been walking with God, you've You've drifted, you've walked away, or maybe you've never given your life to him. You've never made that point of surrender. I just, I'm just looking at him and saying, could you slip up your hand and I will agree with you and say, I see your hands, I see your hands. I'll just agree him. And we can, we can pray right now. We can pray right now. Anybody out there? I see your hand. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Jesus is speaking to hearts today. Those of you just raise your hand, just between you and God, like Samson, God, we need to have a conversation. You see my hand, God, my hand is a, represents my heart. I surrender. I need you, Jesus. I, I'm, I'm taking a step today, Lord, in the right direction, and I need you in my life. Forgive me. I'm sorry. I repent. There's things I've done I can't undo. But Lord, I'm not going to be haunted by that anymore. This day is a new day for me, a new start. Thank you for second chances. God, you're so good to me. I love you and I surrender. Lord, I just pray across this building here today. For some of us here, there's pillars in our own life that you're saying it's time to push them down. It's time to be decisive. It's time to take steps. It's time to get a little radical. It's time to pray some violent prayers. It's time to, to go where I've never been before with you. Holy Spirit, give courage to your people. This hour, you're calling your church to rise up, to rise up and to take steps into their future for our sake, for our children's and our children's children's sake. There's generations at stake. There's a country at stake. There's communities at stake. And we say yes to you this morning. If you're here, if you're here and God's speaking to you, about that, just, just say yes to him. Say, yes, Lord, I say yes. One of the most powerful things we can do is just say yes to Jesus. Lord, I don't know how exactly I'm going to do it. Not sure exactly even the steps, but right now my beginning step is to say yes to you and I'm going to trust you, Lord, as, I, as, you, as you unveil and show me this is the way, walk in it, and I'll take those steps. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We look to you, Jesus. Encourage the hearts of your people today. Fill them with a sense of deep hope for their tomorrow. In Jesus' name. Let's take a few minutes of worship. Thank you for listening. For more of our podcasts and to discover how you can connect, visit us at churchak.org or download our Church on the Rock AK app from either iTunes or Google Play. Thank you.